Hello, episode 16 of We Are Everywhere podcast, the We Are Everywhere podcast. I always mess that up. What sounds better, We Are Everywhere podcast or the We Are Everywhere podcast? The We Are Everywhere podcast. Either way, the the we is throwing me off. But episode 16 is here. We're kind of sporadic with the schedule right now. Um, and this is one of my buddies from way back when, uh, pre-fish, if you will. Um, and before we get into that, before I introduce him, um, if you want to be on a future episode, bam, hit me right here. That's the email, everywhere at gmail.com. Or if you're following me on socials, uh, Instagram, TikTok, wherever, um, just shoot me a DM and we'll get something uh, scheduled. But for episode 16, one of my longest friends in the game and in, we got into fish. Well, I'll let him tell you. Gunner Neeby, what's happening, Yo, man? yo, yo, what up, Clay Bird? <laughs> what's up? Uh, we were talking before we started recording. Um, in every episode, I've been repping some sort of resonant gear. And so I took a step back and I'm going to let you rep the resonant gear right now. <laughs> I didn't even notice until one of our buddies was like, dude, you're like, do you have a sponsorship with, <laughs> with the resonant cultivation right now? I was like, no, it's just like some of my favorite shit that I have and I'm always wearing it. So yeah. you, you work for resonant. Like, do you want to get into that? Like talk about what you do there? Yeah. So, um, I started working working for uh resonant cultivation here in, it's in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, where you grew up. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, basically it's a grow operation, cannabis grow operation. Um, and right now I'm basically like a garden operations manager, AKA grower, whatever you want to call it. Weed farmer. Weed farmer. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, 24, I'd never... Yeah, 24, seven, seven days a week, just, you know. And what a cool job. I never like growing up in Paul's Valley or just Oklahoma in general, never in a million years would have thought that there would be a grow operation in my hometown, but yeah. not just a grow up like within the state of Oklahoma resident is like, it's, the, legit. it's like the shit. Mm -hmm. It's like really good. Oh, I'd say it's really good. I've actually never had any resident products other than mm -hmm. like the gear and I rep it because like, all my friends, all my friends and homies work there. Um, but I'm assuming it's good. Like it, it's, if anything, it's marketed really well. <laughs> yeah. Marketed really well, but there, it is really quality product. I Top mean, of the line. I always, I always, uh, compare it to like craft beer. Yeah. We're the, we're essentially the craft cannabis, you know, that we're craft cannabis. That's what it is. You That's know? awesome. Yeah. We, when we came through, uh, I, about a year ago, you gave us like the tour and everything from like the pH of the water to like the bugs and shit like in the soil. Like it's fucking yeah. dialed in. So you mm -hmm. guys are doing, you guys are doing the Lord's work. In the yeah. Bible so that's kind of our that's kind of our style of because there's so many different ways to grow weed. Sure. Um, and that's what we wanted to focus on is um, growing all of our plants and like living organic soil so we don't use everything that we use that goes into the soil is completely organic and the way like our ipms which 
stands for integrated pest management. Okay. Um, is like all like we use like beneficial insects to go out and like kill you know fungus gnats or something that we don't want in our facility but those all of those things kind of have to exist together to create like the perfect ecosystem for our plants and that's how we get such good product yeah no it's I, I would like to try some at some point <laughs> if we can work that out next time I visit, but, uh, yeah, yeah if mean, we do, we'll take it, we'll take it slow. It's pretty <laughs> powerful stuff. Sometimes yeah. everybody, yeah. like I was telling you, like, um, I just started dating this girl, uh, back in uh, January. And so I just give her a bunch of free weed all the time. Sure. And, uh, it's interesting to watch, like she has a big family and they all, they all partake and it's interesting to watch them uh like load a bong or whatever <laughs> was whatever i gave them and they're like hitting hitting it like they would like any other kind of mid-level mm-hmm. cannabis that they usually get and they just get blasted they're like <laughs> i got i don't know what is in your shit but it's like fucking yeah. me up right now <laughs> is this weed i've had mm-hmm. experiences like that before to where like you get a hold of some like really good or like really strong stuff and it's almost like you or i anyway start like in a corner yeah like start questioning myself i'm like yeah is there anything in that mm-hmm. <laughs> this is next level <laughs> start freaking out but we've all been there i mean if you're a if, if you partake in in that like you've you've been there before and if you yeah. haven't then you're not doing it right <laughs> We're but, old enough now. We've been, we've, we've experienced it. We know how it feels. So yeah, I kind of manage it a little better. Exactly. Too intense. Yeah. Um, and as great as weed is, we're not here to talk about weed. This right. is a weed podcast. We're, <laughs> we're here to talk about fish. Yeah. Um. So I know, uh, I know your fish story. But for the people listening, how and when did you get into fish? What was your first experience? So my first experience, um, I have you to thank, like entirely for that. Tee that, tee that one up to give myself a pat on the back. <laughs> yeah, you are a hundred percent responsible. Um, but like, I kind of like to start before that moment because um, you and I met whenever we were high school. Uh, yeah, we were in high school. I, I was living in Dallas at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a cousin who's the same age as us, same grade. And um, I used to come up um, over the summer um, to go to Falls Creek Church Camp with you guys. <laughs> that's and that's pretty much where I first met you mm-hmm. or started spending a lot of time with you. And when we started getting to know each other, we both realized like, oh, we're both into the same kind of music, like classic rock, Led, Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, it turned into like, oh, we're just going to like borrow art because we would have like a little band, you know, that would set up in our like dorm or cabin. Yeah, cabin. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have a little band and, you know, they would do like their worship, you know, sessions each night. Mm-hmm. And during the day, we would just borrow their instruments and just jam noodle around yeah noodle around sounded great to us but you know (laughs) i think at the time we had only been playing for like 
a year or two. Knew a couple of chords in the pentatonic scale and right. we were rock stars, dude. Yeah, dude. It was awesome. I love those. I it's love fun. those times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so growing up, like, um, I listened to like, basically the music that I was exposed to was everything that my father owned which is all like basically classic rock and like singer songwriter stuff but i always leaned towards i always knew that i liked um like rock songs that kind of like jammed a little bit like um a huge a song that um i think of is uh like james gang um the bomber do you know that song i do yep yeah they do like the you know they have like the the structure of the song and then towards the end it goes they kind of do like a i don't know it feels like maybe like a five minute little jam something like that yeah Mm -hmm. um it's kind of spacey and i always loved that and Mm -hmm. um like growing up i i was always looking for some sort of band that would do that for Mm -hmm. longer yeah and um because I love that part, just kind of like spacing out and just listening to like the guitar parts and, you know, just those guys jamming. And, you know, towards like the end of high school, I started, I had never heard of Fish at all, but I learned about the Grateful Dead because they had been around for a while. And I knew I had heard from people or learned that they jammed. Mm-hmm. And I tried to listen to the dead in high school. And there was a lot of stuff that I liked about the dead. Um, but the jams, like whenever I would listen to like a long version of one of their songs, I don't know, maybe I was just too young to really get it, but it was like, it wasn't from, like I didn't, it didn't click with me. Right. Um, but it wasn't like I hated the dead or anything. It was just like, this is cool, but probably wanting more of like a like a rock driven mm-hmm. jam, you know, like Almond Brothers esque, like where yeah. you're like, this is a jam, but it's like I needed a little bit more groove, I think. Yeah, or girth. Um, yeah, um, the Dead, like they would get they get would get so spacey and kind of jazzy and kind of abstract mm-hmm. at times. I would just kind it would kind of it was like sort of like early days of whenever I first started listening to fish like my mind wasn't able to comprehend it yet yeah um anyways so you know we really got to know each other through church camp and then um we all eventually graduated high school and you and my cousin and uh randy y'all moved into a place um in Edmond, Oklahoma, to go to UCO. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom had moved up here uh, around the same time that, you know, you guys had started coming to school here. So I would travel up from Texas almost every other weekend mm-hmm. to see my mom, but mainly just to hang out with you guys and Thank party. Um, and uh, I remember like you know you and i still talked about music a lot and played all the time together whenever i'd come up and visit and i remember you started talking about you know 
you, you would tell me like, dude, you should, have you heard of fish? Like you should, you should listen to these guys. They're really, really awesome. And I, I was like, all right, yeah, like I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, I didn't really know where to start at all. Right. Um, it's, it's a lot, you know, mm -hmm. it's a lot to unpack. Yeah. And I can, I like remember this so vividly, like we were, we were riding around, we were going somewhere in Oklahoma city and we were driving, uh, we were in, in Casey's truck and you know, Casey, like he always had like the best system sound system. Yeah. And, um, like I remember I was riding in like the passenger front seat, pa front passenger seat. And you were like, we got to listen to fish. And I was like, all right, so if you're going to put on fish, like really show me something here. Like, Sell me, let, dude. Let, and like crank it. Like let's go as loud as we can. And that first song was 46 days from uh, Brooklyn 03. Oh, yeah. That whole Brooklyn set. And I just remember, and it's a long 46 days. Um, and it's really loud and it's really rocking. Yeah. Like, I think it's almost to me at the time, it seemed like the like trade was soloing the entire time. <laughs> um, but I thought it was had such a like big sound to it. And I wouldn't say that I just like it clicked immediately. Um, I knew I, I liked elements of it, but that was just like my first experience. I think that was all we listened to was just that 46 days and then we like switched over to something else. Yeah, that would make sense because uh, like you mentioned your cousin, like Casey, um, obviously not into fish, you know, so getting, getting the opportunity to be able to be like, hey, let me play one song like in the truck, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like while we're driving around, I was like, man, I gotta make this count. I don't remember that specific like picking like that 46 days specifically. Um, but after hearing you say that at that time, and Jackson and I talked about this on the last episode, that live in Brooklyn, 03 or 04 or whatever it was, that was like what I was listening to like the most. Like that yeah. was my first real like live fish experience to where I was like, it was clicking with me. I was like, dude, there's something happening here, you know? Yeah. And so I can see that being like the one that I that I went to. I'm surprised I didn't play the free because that's the one that like that first like breakdown in free like with my, yeah. I was that's like really what like got me and I was like oh shit like this that one would have probably gotten me pretty good. Yeah, um, I think it was just like one of those things. I I think that 46 days was you know that disc came out like at a perfect time for all of us to kind of discover fish mm -hmm. like everybody had Brooklyn 03 yeah at, um just the whole the cd case and i think that 46 days is like the first track on like the second disc or something like that so it's just like yeah let's pop this in and this is this is what it is 46 yeah. days right off the bat dude um i love yeah. that i love that show i love that set i love that cd um, I still have it around here somewhere, and it's not oh, even mine. I stole it from Jackson. Falling <laughs> apart now. Yeah. I'll have to find it and dig it out because that really is the one like that that got not just me and you, but like it got Jackson too. And you you nailed it like with the time frame with just when we were born to like mm -hmm. where Fish was in their career. That was mm -hmm. that was the one that hooked us all. Yeah. So 
and after... yeah, I guess we graduated high school in '09, so mm-hmm. um, that was whenever they were getting back together. Um, yeah, but it took me. I know. I remember you guys went to Miami, yep. to see fish for New Year's, and at the time, I still like wasn't it. I wasn't really that into it. Wasn't yet. there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always used to be like, I can't believe these guys are like driving all like five people in a car driving to my like, you know, 18 hours and back, you know, to Miami and like spending all this money. Mm-hmm. I'll see this band. I was just one of those people at the time. Just like, yeah. I can't believe they're doing this. Like, I'm just going to wait and I'll see them whenever they like come to dallas or something like that like (laughs) yeah i'll just wait until i get a closer opportunity Mm -hmm. um but like so basically in the period of like oh nine uh up to like 2011 i would just download random shows off of the internet um like pirate bay or yeah something yeah pirate bay and it would just be like here's a ton of shows, ton of fish shows. And I would download them in my uh, college dorm. And it would take like three days <laughs> for the whole thing to download. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I would, I didn't know like what was like a good show. I didn't know what was like, what were good jams to listen to. Didn't have any, I didn't have any sort of direction at all. So I would just basically like, just put on a show. And I think at the time on Pirate Bay, there was someone had put up like all of 03 yeah. um, summer tour or something like that. And so there's a lot of good stuff in 03. And then there's also a lot of trash too. I think <laughs> people would agree. It was um, a hit and miss with Trey at that point. You know, he was, he was in his yeah. on the start of his spiral, you know, so he would have good days and bad days. Yeah. I think like a show that I would put on a lot was um, the uh, the show that they had BB uh, King sit in, sit in on. And I'm familiar with this. You're not it's no like Continental Arena or something. I don't remember the date, but it's either in the first. I think it's in the first set. Um, they have BB King out. come out and they play like three BB King songs. Okay and. One of them, um, I haven't listened to the show forever, but one of them is like, it has to be like 20 minutes of just like the slowest blues jam of like BB King and Trey, like trading licks. And it's just like blues licks. And you know that at that point, like BB King had to be like, is this song going to fucking end? Like, (laughs) oh, I think BB King was like loving it. They were just going back and forth. (laughs) And, you know, at the time I was like, oh, this is, kind of cool because i was still like into like i said classic rock stuff Mm -hmm. and and blues and um but it did get it started to get a little bit boring um (laughs) there's only so many blues licks you can trade off you know right um and so yeah i was just kind of wandering aimlessly through fish shows and most of the time i was just like i would turn it off after like a couple songs yeah um and then 2011 rolled around and you guys you jackson and matt fox um 
y'all were like, you have to come with us to this. We're going to go on a three-night run. Um, first show starts in Detroit. And then I think the next one was Cuyahoga Falls. Cuyahoga, yep. And then... And the third one, I don't remember what it was. I think it was Alpine. I don't think so. No? No, I don't think it, it definitely wasn't Alpine because I didn't go to I didn't have my go to my first Alpine show until two, 2012. It was a three it was a little three day run. It was yeah, it was Michigan, Cuyahoga Falls, and then what was that other one? Cincinnati? Was it Cincinnati? Oh, I don't think I've I don't know, I don't think I've seen a show in Cincinnati. But either way. Yeah, either way. Up? Yeah, I am. Exactly. Pull it up, Jamie. <laughs> I need a Jamie well, for this. I, I want to pull up. I want to pull up. Uh, basically, my first show. Your first show was a monster, dude. Yeah. Um, do you remember the date? Like. Six, yeah, it was six eleven. Yeah, six eleven. Eleven. It was Mike's birthday show. Mm-hmm. Clarkston, Michigan. And it's so crazy, dude, because like me living in Michigan now, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's like the that venue, like I remember obviously being there like with you guys. And then like now it's just it's like an hour down the road, you know, and it's it's mm-hmm. so bizarre. I saw Dead and Company. Have there they updated that summer. place recently? Is it nice um, now? That's a good question because I don't like even whenever this last summer, whenever I went and saw Dead and Company there, it looked it looked different from how I remember it whenever we were there. So I don't know if they've updated it, but it because I was like going back there thinking like, oh, my God, this is going to bring back so many memories, you know. But when I walked in, I was like, I don't really remember this. Like, mm-hmm. like it doesn't look the same. So they could have updated it. Jackson and I went back in 2012, I believe it was, and it was exactly the same. But that was only a year's difference. Sure. Yeah. So um, you guys asked me or told me that I needed to come drive all the way to Detroit yeah. to see fish with you guys. And I was really on the fence. I was <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's so far. And, like, you know, like you've talked about with other guys and other people on this podcast, like, we didn't have any money either. <laughs> Broke. Uh-huh. And it was at the time it was like, oh, like some of us don't even have tickets and we're gonna go and we're just gonna find tickets on the parking lot. I yeah. Was like, ah, sounds gonna, sketchy. I was like, okay, like uh I'll tell you what, like I'll go. But I may I think I told you guys, I was like, I think I'm just gonna go to the first night and then like the next two nights like i'll just hang out like and you know party in the parking lot or whatever and you guys go do your thing like what was i thinking like uh (laughs) just going to one and driving (laughs) all that way (laughs) but yeah so basically that three night run was um in detroit clarkston which was basically detroit Mm -hmm. And then we went to Blossom, Cuyahoga Falls, and then it was Riverbend in Cincinnati. You were right. Okay. I guess it was Cincinnati. Yeah. Sorry. I was trying to burp. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And I just yanked my microphone. Um, But yeah, so the whole, and like, I still have like trauma from driving 
to Detroit with you guys because we decided that we were going to leave um, Edmond, Oklahoma, um, and drive like basically through the night yeah. to get to Detroit. And we took Jackson's car, and I barely knew Jackson, barely knew Matt at the time. <laughs> and you guys, all the three of you guys lived together, and you guys were like brothers. Yeah. And I remember like showing up to your guys' house must have been like around noon mm -hmm. and none of y'all had packed <laughs> like nobody was ready like i'm pretty sure like jackson was still asleep whenever i got to y'all's place and i was just like i'm ready to go like let's go see fish and uh you guys were like we're not ready like you guys were just bickering and yeah. arguing and like i remember i think you and jackson jackson was like Clay, like, get out there and like clean the cooler because y'all had left the cooler out back in the backyard right. after a party or something. It was just <laughs> disgusting. And Jackson was like, Clay, get out there and, and wash the cooler out. And you're like, No, why don't you do it? And it was y'all were just going back and forth. Oh, no, I, I, this is bringing back memories. I had the night before I drunkenly had peed in the cooler. Oh, and God. so that's why I don't remember he that. Like, he was like, go clean the cooler out. I forgot about that until you just mentioned it. Well, but yeah, that's why we were. Guess who ended up cleaning the cooler? I did. Because <laughs> I got so sick of hearing you guys go back and forth. I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to go clean the cooler because I'm trying. Let's try to like, get I'm this, ready. <laughs> you know, let's get this show on the road. And um, so I went out and cleaned it. And finally, we got the car packed up. We didn't leave Oklahoma like y'all's place until like three in the afternoon and um y'all's whole plan was like each person is gonna is gonna drive a full tank of gas and we're gonna do shifts mm -hmm. and of course jack jackson using his vehicle and the person he is he was like i'm driving first so you can sleep through the night <laughs> uh-huh and so yeah fill up the tank you know He's got, and it's, it was like a, uh, like a pretty efficient vehicle. Yeah. That's when he had that, uh, that blue car that like Pathfinder or something. I think it was his, actually his dad's Hyundai, uh, whatever it was a Hyundai so, and yeah. it got great gas mileage. So it took forever <laughs> to get through the entire gas tank. Um, so Jackson drove first and then. I think it was Matt next, mm -hmm. and um, was that coming through? <laughs> yeah, it's all good though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, Matt Matt drove second, and they partied like we were all partying in the, in the car, um, <laughs> like from the moment we left the house. Yeah, and I can't sleep in a car for shit. I can't either. And so I was partying too. And then, sorry. It's um, good. I told my mother I was going to be doing this. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, so I basically stayed up all night. And then my shift rolled around at like 6 a.m. I remember. And I was like at 
the moment I got behind the wheel, I was like, this is a bad idea. Naughty. Like I am already, like I am already done. Yeah. And I'm like, I could, at that point, I probably could have fallen asleep in, in a car. Right. But I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to try to do this whole thing. And we haven't even made it to Chicago yet. So I, I start driving at six. I'm like pounding coffee. And, um, we hit Chicago downtown traffic at like, it's a Friday. Mm -hmm. We hit Chicago downtown traffic at like 8 a.m. rush hour. And I, I can barely keep my eyes open. I'm swerving all over the road. (laughs) I am dying. And Matt is like the, 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 like the whole night or, you know, earlier on in the evening or whatever, Matt had like drank. He, I guess he had started drinking a margarita, like a huge margarita, um, after his driving shift. Mm-hmm. He drank the whole thing out of like a Nalgene, like a warm margarita of Nalgene. And so we're driving through Chicago rush hour traffic, and he's like, "I don't feel good," and he starts puking out the window <laughs> in rush hour tra- Chicago traffic. And you know, you guys are just laughing your asses off. People are on their I'm way to work. Miserable. Yeah, people are on their way to work, just watching like this hippie dude just degenerate like yeah so we get through chicago and i think like we get another few hours down the road you're in the passenger seat yep and uh like i still have like i Half think a, a little over yeah like a little over a quarter of a tank and i've been driving for like six hours mm-hmm. and i eventually like it got to the point where i was just like dude I cannot drive anymore. I like, I kind of touched you. You were fast asleep. And I was like, Clay, like, you have to drive, dude. <laughs> like, I, if I drive anymore, like, it, we're going to Something die. bad is going to happen. Because yeah. I am falling asleep at the wheel. And then and I you, took us home. Yeah. You were kind of like, oh, you sure, man? Like, I'm just trying to, you just kept trying to, like, go back to sleep. <laughs> I was like, dude, no, you have to. Like, I'm dying. And so finally, we pulled over. And uh, yeah, you drove the rest of the way to Detroit, thankfully. Yeah. Stop um, and get a get a McMuffin. Good mm-hmm. to go. <laughs> um, and Drink I think at up. that point, I still, once I stopped driving, like, the sun was coming up. And, um, like, I couldn't really get, go to I couldn't really fall asleep. Um, we arrived to our hotel in detroit and it's like as soon as we get there it's like party time already and there's fish fans walking around the hotel and you guys are like running up to other fish fans and like you know partaking in whatever they got going on and i'm just kind of like going with the flow of whatever just kind of following you guys around and the whole time i'm just like worried i'm like how am i going to enjoy this show yeah. whenever i've been up for 24 hours mm-hmm. um so we get around we eventually head over to the lot at the dte center and we get out of the car matt loves to tell this story because like you know we get out and you know it's just everybody's tailgating and partying and I kind of was just like, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, there's tons of people hanging out, drinking beers. They're all listening to the same, they all are blasting music. That's mm-hmm. like stuff that I like. Um, 
And so, um, yeah, we kind of hung out in the parking lot and then I think we were late, a little bit late getting in. We, they had started Wolfman's with the opener and we like sprinted up and, you know, found our spot on the lawn and like listened to Wolfman's and hung out like for the first set on the lawn. And I just remember the entire time, uh, just like being like, I could not stop, like, just like people watching, like there was, you know, they have like the little moat that separates the lawn from yeah, where the people pavilion. Like walk. Yep. Yeah. I remember just watching people just like dancing or down the entire length of that moat and just like mm -hmm. watching. And then I find some other like weird looking dude just like doing his thing and i just we locked in like i wasn't even watching the band really even listening to music. People, I was watching. Just people watching just like it's a great place out. to people watch dude uh -huh. and um so yeah the first set ends like you know i i enjoyed it quite a bit um nothing had really clicked yet um and then during the set break you guys were like we we're gonna step down and so y'all explained to me the whole stubbing down process. I was super nervous to do that. Really? And it, of course it was just like the shoddiest little, like it was clunky, like the way that we did it. Like, I think we ended up like someone got down into the pav and into the pavilion and then kind of like walked down that first row, uh, the first row in the pav and like, kind of slid me the ticket and then I went down and we found some seats I'm sure we pissed some people off and they were like these are our seats and we we're just like all young shitheads we we're just like oh yeah oh, sorry yeah. about you yeah you find a new spot <laughs> um Jerk. and so yeah the second set started up and it was the uh down with disease they sang or they everybody sang happy birthday to Mike and then mm -hmm. they started down with disease and yeah that was kind of like the very beginning of me experiencing like a second set like big jam um and at the six, time six song second set too like that's yeah um to get and, hooked that's a good spot to do it well what really so that disease um was amazing but I still, it still was just like a big, massive music to me. Mm -hmm. um, what really got me was they went into Fluffhead after that disease. And Fluffhead, you know, has all the, all the different separate parts to it. And there's grooves within the composition. that song. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I really liked that. And what like really just like shook me to my core was the end of plug heads when they do like the big you know uh you know climactic you know ending yeah. buff head and all the lights go white and everybody's everybody i just remember just everybody i didn't know that that part existed yet yeah so everybody you know raises their hands yeah and everybody's just like loving life in that moment and i just that's just, when it but there yeah that's where it, it that's where it clicked with me in terms of like the fan element and like the family element 
mm-hmm. of like all of us being like connected together with this band yep and with the band um yeah that moment was was huge for me it's epic yeah mm-hmm. and what a like and it's funny because like with a lot of people that i talk to you know they have that moment before they go to their first show to where it like clicks with them and they're like oh my god like mm-hmm. this is it like i'm in love with this band like i gotta go see a show and then they're like hooked for life yeah but it, and it's interesting that that happened for you like in real time at your first show yeah that's pretty um, unique yeah i i always like to say like it, it me getting into fish wasn't like uh just like a one moment type of deal it was like kind of a little bit of a process of mm-hmm. Like I said, the flop had kind of introduced me to like the fan aspect of it. And then, so we did that run, came back. I was super psyched on fish. Still was like a little bit lost on like what shows to listen to, but I was definitely, I was like, I'm going to listen to more of this band and like for sure starting to do like real research and really listening. So after, after that run, I really started listening a lot more. Um, and I listened to the run that we went on and my first show a lot and kind of reliving that down with that the moment. fluff head moment. And just like every time I listen to it, I get chills, you know? Yeah. I knew I liked it a lot. Um, and I think it was a couple of weeks later, I was really starting to get obsessed and um i found out or heard that fish was playing a festival and um i heard that jackson was going and i didn't have any plans to go any to any more fish shows that summer after that three night run but after that run i like i said i had just been listening so much and i think it was like the day before Watkins Land Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I was driving around Oklahoma with my mom, and um, I was like, "Man, I like really want to go to this. Like, I wish I could have gone." And my mom was like, "Well, why don't you just go?" And it, like I said, it was the day before, and at the time, um, I had flight 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 privileges. My mom yeah. um, was a flight attendant, and so I was like, "All right." cool like let me see what i can do and jackson was like already in like he was already in new york um, was it just him did he go yeah, solo he was going solo but he was meeting up with people that he knew from the internet or whatever right. um and so i reached out to him and i was like yo man like i'm really trying to get out there to see go to this festival I don't know anybody except for you. Like, is there someone you know that could help me get there if I fly out there? And he was like, yeah, for sure. Like, and got on the phone and he was like, he got back to me and he told me, I found this girl named Mandy. Shout out to Mandy. Um, she can pick you up in Rochester, which was where I was flying in. And she is going to drive you another hour to this other town. And she's going to link you up with this dude, Dave. Um, and that's what happened. Like, yeah, she picked me up and um, 
I met Dave. You had him on the podcast. I met yeah. Dave in a Walmart. And <laughs> yeah, he I'm told like, that story. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I was 19 mm-hmm. at the time. And it was just like, Dave always makes that story about how, it, like, we were like the beer a, a ways down. Yeah, the beer thing is a huge thing for him. Uh, like, I've been owing that guy beers like <laughs> since then because we both lived together in Austin for a while, mm-hmm. or we go to see shows together in Austin, and every single time I would just be like, "Here's another beer for you." Like, am I you for know? embarrassing you at Walmart mm-hmm. at eight a.m.? Yeah. Um. But I seem I remember like in the Walmart, like we weren't like a ways down the road when I was like, Yo, I'm from Austin too. Uh <laughs> I think like it was established at the Walmart, but Dave likes to tell that. I think his story's better, so I'll let him keep it. <laughs> um but yeah, so we got we buy supplies, you know, he's asking me what I want and a, Jackson, of course, like told me to bring a bunch of beer. So I'm like, here's three boxes of 30 racks. Like, <laughs> and yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about um, their laws up there. So yeah, we went through that whole ordeal of them. Right. Like, where's your ID? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and Dave's like, I don't even know this guy. Yeah. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, so. Hop in the car with Dave. I don't really know him that well. We're just kind of making small chit chat and we get close to uh, the festival grounds. And when we get there, it's like maybe five or six o'clock at night in the afternoon. And um, there's a huge, Dave has, um, he got like a tent, like a special tent. Oh, himself. one of those like and, yeah. Marriott style tents. It's like got five yeah. bedrooms and shit. Well, it was just like a basically like a just like a canvas tent with like a cot. It was just like a little bit nicer accommodations. But his camping spot was at a different entrance. It was like on the opposite side. Oh, and I was trying to get to like just the general camping, and there was a huge like probably like a two mile long. Fuck. which isn't which is nothing compared to some of the traffic jams back in the day sure like coventry <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah so we like drive up and we're hit like the end of the or the very beginning of the traffic jam to get to general admission it's just a one lane road essentially mm-hmm. and dave's like i don't know you and I'm not taking you all the way down this huge traffic jam to get to general camping. So you're getting out here. Uh, and at least I was like, being honest. Yeah. I was like, fair enough, dude. Like, thank you so much for the ride in here. Like, you know, so I like get out of this car and I have like a backpack, another bag, a bunch of beer. Like food and water. I have so much stuff. And, Starting the trek. And the road to get into Watkins Fine General Camping, you have to go up this massive, very steep hill. And it's Fuck. really long. It's like a mile long. So I'm just like, I'm really nervous. You know, I'm by myself at this point. It's starting to get dark. And I'm just walking along this road. And then, you know, eventually some guy driving a truck 
like this beat up truck. He's like, do you want to hop in? Like, yeah, sure. That'd be great. So I throw all my stuff in the back of his truck and hop in his truck. And and this is a fan or like a security person? This is a fan. Gotcha. But I get to talking to this guy and I'm like, I'm looking at him. I'm like, this dude does not look like a, he doesn't look like a fish fan. He's like wearing like Wranglers. And he looks like he kind of looks like a cowboy or like ranch hand or something like that. And like sure. he's driving his beat up like work truck. And I'm like, so like how many times have you seen fish? And he's like, This is my first time. He's like, I just heard about this festival on the local radio. And I'm I figured I'd go camp out, you know, and hang out with the hippies and see this band for three days. So I was just like, Okay, right on, dude. Like, <laughs> this is like my third or fourth show uh-huh. going to see the festival um so he takes me all the way in and then i finally meet up with jackson and i thought that story was gonna go south for a second i was like no no he's a really nice dude he's cool (laughs) okay Um, but yeah i finally get in you know it's like nine or ten o'clock at night you know the night before the shows are starting and um i find jackson basically that weekend was another like monumental moment in my fish history um just being out there and not having to worry about driving anywhere just camping out with yeah camping out with like all like-minded people everybody is there to see one band Mm -hmm. um and yeah, it's just like you go out there to those festivals and you have no worries for three days except yeah. hanging out and having a great time. Waking um, up sweaty in your tent. That's the yeah. that's the biggest problem. <laughs> yeah, that's the only problem. Yeah. Finding a clean porta potty. <laughs> um speaking of porta potties, do, do you remember that porta potty last year at Dick's? The one that like was oh yeah <laughs> dude the one we waited in line for and it was just covered oh, wall like, wall. <laughs> yeah, I was threw up dude so bad dude yeah i was so jealous like i still to this day i've never been to a fish festival the yeah. closest that i've gotten is like the three-day camping you know like at at dick's mm-hmm. but it's not a festival yeah, so, I yeah. know. It, it, after that festival, I know that every single time I was always blowing you up. Like, dude, you gotta go with us. Go. You gotta go. Like, I know. I can't. Like, I gotta. I don't have enough money. Or yeah, it was or something like that. It was always money, man. Because I was like, in my head, I was like, okay, I can either pay, you know, three, four hundred dollars for a plane ticket, go out there and see three shows for the summer, or you know, I can like try and hit like a tour and like split gas with people and stuff. And like, I was trying yeah. to see the most shows that I could for as little money as I could. So and I, yeah, still like I, said, to I was fortunate to have yeah. flight privileges. Um, and also I like, before I went, I like convinced my mom to give her a uh, credit card to me. Oh, I, was, nice. I was like, Hey, uh, just in case, like, yeah, I don't want to, you know, I could run into some issues. Emergency situation yeah. or whatever. You're like, beer, beer, food. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I essentially, like, I got back and, like, a month later, she got, like, her statement. And she was like, you spent, like, $600, <laughs> like, at ATMs at the yeah. festival. 
Like, like what is this? Mm -hmm. It was and an so, emergency. I was super yeah. thirsty. <laughs> it was an emergency. I needed a hundred dollars fast. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that whole weekend was amazing. I remember like one moment that stood out for me was they played Quinn the Eskimo. Oh yeah. Um, I, I had known about the song, but I didn't know Fish played it. And that mm -hmm. was just like one of those little things that I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I, like you hear Bob I Dylan play it, it mm -hmm. growing up and shit. Yeah. Um, I remember but, the first time I heard a live cover like at a show and hearing while my guitar gently weeps. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, you know, still like new to the game, you know, and like didn't know that they had like done that shit before and like did the whole Beatles album on 94. Mm -hmm. But I was like, they started playing that, and I was like freaking out. I was like, dude, they're playing a Beatles song. Like they're like they're covering the beat, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah they're playing this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but I was so I'm like filming the whole thing on like my iPhone three, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, like this is a huge bust out. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't anybody else freaking out? Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if you remember, we had like a we got like a really good. Uh, Wow, my guitar guitar gently weeps at Deer Creek 2012. I think we Dude. both came together and we were like, that was sick. That might have been the one that I'm talking about. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. 2012, I was, that's kind of like when I was like in the thick of it. So I, I think I would have known by that time, but who knows? Mm -hmm. That everything starts running together. Um, um, but yeah, like uh, that, that festival, like I said, was monumental. I still, it was still like 3.0 fish and um, I dug it a lot, but like a huge, another clicking moment was when it was like late night after a show, like the Saturday night or something like that. Um, Jackson and I are just hanging out, still partying and we're hanging out in his car and he was like, I have something for you that you need to listen to by fish. And he put on um, the Denver 97 tweezer. And that was like a big moment. Whenever I heard that jam and just like how patient they were and just mm -hmm. like the funk groove and just like, you know, like, like I said, just patient. And that moment was huge for me. That was where I was like, okay, I'm done with 3.0. Now I'm listening to everything. I'm, I started just doing so much research. Like I, yeah. that was the, where I became completely obsessed. Obsessed, mm -hmm. dude. And that whole like, dude, it's like the the question like people ask. You know, if you had a time machine, where would you go? Like my answer is always Denver, Colorado, 1997. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is it, November 17th? Like, dude, that yeah. second's like the tweezer, the, the disease, the ghost, like. I, I that's you can I mean, make the a ghost strong, itself is something yeah. just otherworldly. Yeah, and it's like that show I have like every fucking note memorized, you know. Mm -hmm. I've listened to that probably more than I've listened to anything other than, mm -hmm. you know, the live in Brooklyn from 03. Yeah. <laughs> um but it's it's one of those ones to where it's just like you can't I mean you can, but it's like almost like you can't find a better representation of like it's a great show um and but it's still 
like you asked the question like what or you know what show or what song you would show somebody like yeah i became obsessed with that show after jackson showed it to me and whenever i got back to austin um i like met up with my buddies from there who weren't really into fish or they made fun of fish or like adam was, yeah adam and some other friends of mine that mm -hmm. were you know they were into cool music but yeah like i got back and i was like y'all need to listen to this like and i put on the tweezer and like i got nothing yeah from them like they're just like, like okay like, can we put something else on like this is so long this elevator music or whatever right um yeah so basically like after that summer i didn't listen to anything else except for fish yeah nothing and i just poured through shows Dude. every every archival release anything yep. that i could get my hands on i listened to and that was all i listened to at the time i had just gotten i was driving a volvo and it i remember that volvo. it didn't had a broken auxiliary cord and so like i just had like spool like three or four spools just full of fish live yeah. fish disc um, one disc two disc right. three and some filler yeah Dude, i'd write so, the songs on them and everything i want to ask you this like after like hearing you know the progression of like your first show and then like getting hooked and then like diving in like with that like 97 denver tweezer as like from that moment until like right now you've had plenty of time to discover you know different eras and different years of fish to this date do you have a favorite year of fish um I know it's hard it is difficult man because they're all um, so different especially like in the 1.0 era it's like every year gave you some different flavor you know yeah um i i really like all the major years a lot um but in terms of just like overall musicality and just energy um i gotta go with fall 94 94 um at that time it just seemed like they were all on fire and every every song just like slams into the next one and it's just like it's so much energy mm -hmm. from start to finish first set and second set it's just like off the walls crazy out there fast-paced rock music and yeah and you mentioned I earlier like us jamming you know like in high school and stuff like with us both being guitar players like that fall 94 or just anything in 94 really like with trays playing mm -hmm. like it's being a music not even being a musician but like knowing like what it takes to like pull off some of the licks and like the at the clip that they were like playing mm -hmm. it's just it's fucking fascinating it's like yeah. oh my god how can yeah. you not like this I mean, go back and listen to like a listen to an Uncle Ben now, and <laughs> and and go back and listen to one that they fucking burned through in '94, yeah. like like 160 BPM. Just mm -hmm. like, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Um, so we've talked about you know how much we love fish, but this is a question that I always like to ask and flip it on its head. What is a fish song that you would be okay with never hearing again? 
Um, I think I have a pretty good one. It's kind of controversial. Uh, okay. One that I just can't stand, and it's an older song that right. a lot of people love. I can't stand Esther. Dude, I'm. We're we're both gonna be nailed to the cross after this one, but I'm with <laughs> you, man. Like, yeah, it's I, like, and it's funny because every time I listen to a, like a live show and esther they start up esther like yeah. i always hear like the crowd just like going nuts erupt yeah and i'm just like ah, skip like yeah. i can't i don't i don't like this i don't like it i, I don't either man i'm with you and i get yeah. how it's like kind of weird it's kind of got like a weird carnival sounding vibe to it and i just i don't like the lyrics i don't like the song it makes me feel uneasy yeah it's a little it's unsettling yeah it, i guess maybe that's why people are drawn some people are drawn to it but it's not for me yeah no me either it's 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 one of those to where it almost feels like it's weird just for the sake of being weird mm -hmm. not just because like oh yeah no like we're weird and this just happened organically and it's like fun and we're owning it it's like it almost seems like it was made weird to be weird I think if that so. makes any sense but yeah, yeah there's no, no jam to it or anything it's just yeah, and they just played Five, it. Six minutes of they played it this MSG run, right? They did. I think so. I think yeah, they did. did. I skipped it. <laughs> Skip. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked about uh, some some memories from tour that we've both been on, like your first show, and then like hitting Super Bowl. Um, one of the ones before before you start sharing some other memories, I want to ask if you remember this. We talked about like being being in Oklahoma in our early years, and this was a point to where you were you were already in on fish. I can't remember if this was like af before or after your first show, but we were cruising around in your Volvo in Paul's Valley. And we were listening to fish, and we were listening. A possum came on, and so we're like, we had just like have it cranked. It's like summer. The windows are down, and we're just mm -hmm. like cruising through like the back roads, listening to possum. Hauling ass through the back. Hauling ass. <laughs> And something that something happened that would never happen in a million years. We fucking hit a possum, hit a possum. while listening to while possum. listening to possum. And uh, like immediately, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like we felt bad. Then I like then it clicked in. I was like, "Holy shit!" We're listening to possum. And then I was like, "Yeah, fuck that possum. You're in with the road, bitch." <laughs> dun it, dun it, dun it, dun it. Yeah, that was that? Uh, that was yeah. Crazy. I do. It was. Uh, you couldn't i don't think that's ever happened to anybody no no that's that was a once in a lifetime thing as silly as it is mm -hmm. um what sorry, are some possum. yeah sorry dude r.i.p um what are some other are there any other like fun or crazy like stories or memories from tour that you're willing to share me involved or me not involved um i remember you sharing with me uh this last year at dicks the story about and I can't remember if you were going to see fish when this happened or if you were just like going on a trip, but you like it was when your leg was broken and you got hung up at JFK. That's was a good that, story. Was oh, that on a fish crap. trip? Yeah, I was on a fish trip. Dude, yeah, tell that. That's a good one. Because um, this that this question was like the one that I have really been thinking about struggling with like what can i there, share <laughs> yeah which ones or which one's good enough like i mean there's all sorts of great moments like you know dicks roll down the hill and all that <laughs> stuff like 
or the you know the two stuffed animals like fighting each other but those are just like small moments right but this one is pretty epic crazy it is epic so yeah this was 2017 um they were doing the baker's dozen run got okay i couldn't remember where it was Mm -hmm. um our little crew you know whatever that i usually go with jackson pete toller hunter Mm-hmm. Um, we decided that we were going to go to the last weekend of, or the last three nights of uh, Baker's Dozen. And um, like maybe a month before, I broke my ankle floating a river down in Austin. And at the time, whenever I broke my ankle, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to go, guys. Like, mm-hmm. super bummed. They eventually talked me into it. I had already had, like, I had tickets already locked down. and You had the tickets before you broke your ankle? Yeah, I had the tickets before I broke my ankle. And I probably had flight uh, or tickets for flights as well. And at the time, I was dating this girl, Hannah, who... Um, neither one of us had been to new york city and so she wanted to go and like go to like broadway shows and stuff like that and i was like okay well i'm gonna go see fish we can go how about we go like a couple days before and we can you and i can do our own thing and then my buddies will get in into town and then i'll go i'll split off she had like a friend in new york city yeah and so we'll split off you do your thing and then i'm gonna do my fish thing and i also was like if you want to come to the show like you know i'll get your ticket but she wasn't really that into him mm-hmm. which is fine because then i just got to be with the boys <laughs> um and so yeah we fly out of austin i managed to get one of those knee scooter things. I had already had surgery. So, and they put a bunch of hardware in my ankle. And so I'm wearing a cast, go through the Austin airport. Um, I go through the x-ray machine and of course it beeps and uh, they kind of pull me off to the side and they're like, we have to do like a more extensive check on you because the x-ray machine doesn't tell us what's in the cast. You're um, like, dude, it's some bolts holding my fucking ankle together. <laughs> yeah, it's some hardware. And so the people in Austin are really nice. Like they mm-hmm. did like a they kind of like they have like these swab test kits that test for any sort of like bomb residue or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the whole process takes maybe 15 minutes. And then finally they're like, all right, you're good to go. And so we fly out to New York City. Um like I said, it was my first time in New York City, so uh, it was really nerve-wracking getting around on a oh, scooter. Um, also really nice because we went to some museums and I was able to ride around on that thing <laughs> in museums. But um, we go to the MSG show. We go to the shows. Um, I got some special treatment because um, I couldn't get to my original seat. So Unless you get to hang thing. out in the handicap. Yeah, they like... the the last two nights they put us up we actually forged jackson and i forged um these handicap passes to get into um the madison club or something 
which was like right behind the stage and it was like a private area they had like their own like it was like a nicer bar it was all how did carpeted. you forge it did you like see one previously and just like copy it or what so i think it was the first night they like put us they my tickets were good for the whole run and the first night they gave me like this little sheet of paper to get into a handicap section and they put me like in the 400s like we were at the very top mm-hmm. and sound sucked i didn't sure. i didn't like it up there so the next we we ended up moving and finding just like squeezing in somewhere else um that first night and then the second night they put us up put me up and i kind of told them like you i have better tickets than the ones that you relocated me to so please like put me somewhere better or yeah. equally good and so they like that first night you, you had to go to like a handicap tent every night Oh, to, to get, like get, to get the past. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that second night they put us up in the Madison Club, and I was only able to bring one person. So I brought Jackson with me. Um, and after that night, we like looked at the. It was just like a sheet of paper. After that night, we um, looked at it, and we were like, we could just like change the numbers on this. And so we did. And yeah, we like went back to the Madison Club the third night. Handed them the same pass that we had used the the night before, and they let us right in. Nice. And yeah, it was a great time. We got at Isabella. The, I think that third night, Jackson and I spilled beer all over everybody <laughs> in that section. Out of excitement. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I yeah, I was like falling off of my my knee scooter. It was, <laughs> it was a blast. Um, so yeah, we got through that whole run. Um it's whatever monday or something like that that it's time to fly out uh hannah and i have flights out at like three o'clock in the afternoon or something we go we get to jfk go through security and go through do the whole process i'm assuming it's going to be just like an austin where they're going to pull me aside but i go through uh the x-ray machine and the tsa agent pulls me aside and he's like I don't know if we're going to be able to let you fly today. And I'm like, excuse me. He's like, there's just no way that we can really know for sure that you don't have something like dangerous strapped inside of your cast. And I'm just like blown away. I'm like, this is JFK airport. Yeah. Like, you tell me nobody's ever two, flown out of here with a fucking broken. Ankle. Yeah. I'm like, it's 2017. You have thousands of people come through here every day like and this is just a simple leg cast like yeah what do you mean <laughs> and so tsa like they just they this guy it was just one dude basically who was in charge he's just like i don't think i don't think we're going to be able to make it happen for you today and then so they're trying to decide what to do they bring over other the airport JFK airport has like separate organizations like, you know, border patrol or whatever. Sure. They send some some guys show up with like AK 47s. Like they're all like decked out and they're, they do like, they've got bomb dogs with them. AK 47s in the airport. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, you know, New York city airport. Um, 
And so, yeah, they do like bomb, they do the swabbing and everything. And like the whole process lasted like almost two to three hours of me just sitting there at the, me and my girlfriend just sitting there at airport security. And um, we've already missed our flight. And then eventually they were like, yeah, we're just not, we just, there's no way we can know for sure. Um, <laughs> Dude, so we're just not gonna, yeah, yeah, I was like, we were trying to figure out. We like pulled up X-ray photos, whatever. We get our money refunded for the plane tickets, which was like it was just for our return flight, so it wasn't that much money. So my girlfriend and I are scrambling to figure out what to do. We try to go possibly rent a car. It was going to cost like an insane amount of money, thousands. And, yeah, and um, we were like considering taking the train, but that was going to. That was expensive. So we ended up having to get Greyhound tickets. <laughs> and those were expensive too, because it was like the night before. Like I dropped, I mean, they weren't expensive compared to flight tickets, but it was like, they were like 200 bucks a pop. Um, <laughs> for a fucking Greyhound. <laughs> for a Greyhound from new york city all the way back to oklahoma christ and like the duration that it said on the ticket was like three days oh. yeah and so and we had to scramble luckily hunter hadn't left yet his sister lived in new york and so we made our way over to her like 10-story walk-up apartment like a lot of old apartments and no um, elevator no elevator so i had to like hop up like 10 stories like steep um girlfriend carry the bags we leave on the greyhound we have to leave on the greyhound at like four o'clock in the morning the next day greyhound yeah it was awful we we would the greyhound makes like stops like every hour to pick up more people or people to get off and the greyhound stations all across the united states probably are just in the worst areas of any city yeah there's nowhere to eat and they every time we like they'd be like all right we're gonna change over buses like we've got like an hour to meander around and find something to eat and like we get off the bus and we're just like <laughs> the middle of nowhere there's nothing here like so we survived off of I survived off of just like, you know, snack machine, food and candy. And luckily I had a big old bottle of pain meds from my <laughs> surgery. So I just like, yeah, just knocked myself out for that entire trip. And it's just, it's just funny. Just every, with uh, the closer we got, the further south we got, the more hectic the Greyhound would get. Like there was like a fight on the Greyhound. Like, <laughs> And like we had to pull over at one point at like you know three o'clock in the morning to like kick this dude off of our bus and like put him on another bus and yeah it was an awful awful way to end that glorious <laughs> Baker's Run trip. Dude. And I like went online and like I was gonna try to figure out how to like get some sort of compensation and then I talked to a couple lawyers and people and they're like from like the airline yeah they were like that's just you're not gonna win anything yeah. it's just that's their policy and like you're just you're just gonna waste money trying to fight 
the air tsa or whatever right dude i'd I'd have been i'd have been doing the same thing because like you go from getting on a plane and being home in three hours to yeah (laughs) on a greyhound and and they're not nice you know yeah, they've got you know they've got whatever there it says they've got Wi-Fi. They're all broken. Yeah, you know, it doesn't. You can charge work. your phone or whatever. All those are broken, <laughs> so your phone's dead and you're just like smells like shit. Smells like piss. Yeah, God. it was awful. It was completely awful. I will. I hope I never have to experience something like that again. <laughs> At least my poor girlfriend, fish. dude. She and she had to like take care of my bags and like carry yeah. my knee scooter around like while i'm hopping around like up and down stairs to get into the bus and like you pull into okc and she's like we're done <laughs> pretty much that's pretty much what happened because i yeah like i was i had had my surgery and i decided i was just gonna spend the next you know whatever three months or whatever it was for that I had to wear a cast and couldn't walk. Like I just decided to hang out at my mom's up in here, up here in Oklahoma. And that's when I decided I was going to go ahead and just live here. And yeah, yeah, we had a conversation like a week after that trip. And I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back to Austin. So it's pretty much done. I'm not going to do a long distance thing. Yeah. Thanks for carrying my knee scooter though. Yeah. Thank you. Hope you had a fun yeah. trip. <laughs> we'll always have New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dude, that's fucking brutal. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Dude, Gunner, thanks for taking the time and hopping on the podcast and doing an episode. It's always fun to talk about fish and relive some of the, the memories and stuff. Did you, I forget, did you um lock down any tickets for this summer or did you get shut out? I didn't lock down anything. Uh, yeah i uh i did put in for the lottery i didn't win anything um and i was like swamped i was i had my head and some plants working um, right whenever the on sale happened and i tried to get one of you guys to get me some pa- uh you know three day pass or whatever but everybody got shut out there as well yeah i think i'm I the only one that scored i might go sunday night reed was talking about he had an extra ticket and he was talking about going up there oh he scored some yeah he just a sunday night um cool he was talking about us possibly going you guys are just gonna drive it uh he mentioned flying which i looked at flight tickets the other day and i didn't think about all the gas prices and everything they're insane right now yeah it's fucking crazy it's like four dollars a gallon it's at some pots some some places it's like six dollars what's gas there it's about four for. yeah mm-hmm. same here well yeah, man, i appreciate you having me on i hope to uh i feel like we didn't get to touch on everything i kind of rambled a lot but it'd be great no no it's perfect that's what the that's what this podcast is for man yeah um, it was fun. but yeah it was fun um and hopefully we can figure something out for for dicks get you some tickets if you're listening to this i need tickets you, he needs tickets he's got his virtual finger in the air so, I'm a true fan. I've been going since 2011. <laughs> Haven't missed a dick since. Let's go. Let's get Gunner to dicks. It's hashtag get Gunner to dicks. We'll start a GoFundMe. <laughs> GoFundMe. I've thought about doing that in the past, and I was like, nobody's going to no. Nobody's gonna donate. Nobody to cares. Yeah, nobody cares. All right, buddy. Thank you. This was a great episode, and 
I'm going to see you. I'm I'll putting see it you in soon. I'll see you soon. I'll see you at Dick's. Right.